In a world where sports rule the airways, there are two who dare to break from the norm. It's time for the Movie Zone, starring Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot, now playing on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hi there, welcome back. It's the Movie Zone. I'm Austin Horton. He's Johnny Lightfoot. Hi, Johnny. Hey, buddy. I like how I say welcome back like everyone's been waiting through a week-long commercial break. They have. It's been a solid week of anticipation for this movie's releases. Just This know, week's movie's releases. A, a week of tolerating DJ and PK Hanson, Scotty, and the big show to get to us, the movies. And us on, on the jazz game nights. Uh, jazz playoff overtime. Yes. Catch us after each and every post-game show. How are you, friend? I am good. I am running crazy, but I am good. I'm You're happy to be out here. You're aren't you? I am. Good for you. I'm leaving town this weekend. I'm never coming back. A work trip. I'm though. out of here. See ya. Not a fun trip. It's both. Oh, is it both? Okay. Work work trip is fun. Are you going with the family? No, I'm going with the band. No, I know, but is the family coming with you? No, no. But you are going to still have some fun. Of course. Good. Rock and roll all night and party every day. <laughs> okay. Where have I heard that before? Ah, it's just some band that wears makeup that's going nowhere. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, I, oh, oh, you mean uh, the New York Dolls? No, I was actually talking about Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> okay. Blue Man Group. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get into it. We've got five new movies with two bonus movies I know. in theaters this week. And one of them I'm super soaked, stoked on. And soaked. We've got uh, a soundtrack of the week. That you know someone who's related to this person. Yeah, I do. Uh, we've got a poll question that uh, is very adventurous. And an archives that is very adventurous again. It's adventure type weekend. Week and, for and us. In fact, it's, it's all about uh, a movie that I somehow, some way, because I had the coolest teacher in the world in my junior year of high school, I took AP European history. Where and, history comes from. And I got extra credit for writing a review about this movie. No way. Yes. Really? And Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Was Dora the Explorer around back then? <laughs> it's not that one. It's, oh, okay. Well, maybe. Uh-huh. Dora the Explorer. What does the backpack say today? Oh, where's the map? I'm the map. I'm the map, map, map. Swiper, no swiping. Ooh, right. All right. Uh, <laughs> that being said. Johnny, before we get into the showdown results that you uh, posted on Monday, I know. I I knew, realized Sunday night, I was like, I'm not going to text him. I'm just going to let him figure it, and you figured it out. Was it Monday? Was it, like, later than it that? Was like, almost Tuesday. <laughs> when you yeah, said these results. I think early. it was Tuesday. Showdown. <laughs> I've lost track of the days. Uh, hey, man, it's hard when we got all these playoff games going on. It is. Our guy, uh, Larry Tassoni at Megaplex Theaters, uh, he sent us the box office returns from Memorial Day weekend. And man, Johnny, it feels good to be back in the full swing of things at the theaters. What were the what was the details of the data there? Well, the bo the domestic box office had its first 100 million plus opening since the beginning of the pandemic. Wow. I know. We okay. did it, everybody. Yeah, we're back. We are back, back, back. Let's see. I'm seeing uh, Kong uh, versus Godzilla held the previous pandemic record with 30, a measly 32 million. <laughs> That's you it. know, Cruella brought in 26.5 million, and it would seem that A Quiet Place 2 benefited from being released exclusively in theaters, and I believe it was 30, yes, 30 million weekend projection. Uh, let's see. Uh, so between. A Quiet Place 2, Cruella, and... No, not... Yeah. 
Cruella and A Quiet Place 2, right? Quiet you Place. Godzilla. It's, it's, it's Godzilla. Oh, that had the previous one. I had the previous one, you. correct. Uh, well, uh, Cruella and uh, A Quiet Place 2, yeah, they combined for over $100 million at the box office. And Megaplex Theaters, the Thanksgiving Point was second in the nation. Awesome. The District was third in the nation. And Geneva Road was fourth in the United States in the nation. How cool is that? Three so cool. of the top four spots are held by Utah Megaplexes. Well done. And our guy Larry says the Hollywood blockbusters are going to continue coming every week for the foreseeable future. So there will be plenty of options for everyone in the coming weeks. And here are our new openings for this week. Stop. Pause. We'll get to those in a moment. One thing I do want to add and I think is really cool is I noticed with A Quiet Place 2, the night before movies were back. What do you mean? So if it's going to be released on a Thursday, you could go Wednesday night and see it. Oh, at midnight or whatever? Well, technically, yeah, the midnight showing, but it was a little earlier. Midnight Eastern? Yeah. Midnight, <laughs> midnight like somewhere? Midnight in Europe. You can get a film Yeah, that, that's, I forgot that that's how we're used to do things. Yeah, it's kind of, I, and I love that where you could, like, the big blockbusters. For me, that's going to be, uh, like, the Black Widow movie is my next big one that I can't wait to see. And I'm going to be going early. All right, so there you go. It was really good to see those numbers come in, and it just feels like a breath of relief. Like a, oh, man. a, a big old exhale. It to feels, be like, oh, I can go to the theater. Look, it feels almost normal, and I love it. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, you sent out the showdown before we get to the new movies. This On week. Tuesday! What, what, <laughs> what inspired this showdown because I don't see a connection at all. No, there was no connection. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's a really random connection. I, I have to be honest. The connection is more selfish. I'm playing concerts again. I'm out doing music. Music is coming back. Concert announcements are crazy. You look like Lou Diamond Phillips. Listen to the big show for the band of the day sponsored by Live Nation. Actually, I probably look more like Lou Diamond Phillips than you do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I went with two of my favorite uh, music slash documentary movies. Okay. And I know they can't really call them documentaries because it's based on someone's interpretation of these two movies. Yeah, they're not documentaries. But some of them it is. Some of it is. It's and I based gotta, in true events. I gotta say, I'm really... A little disappointed. I knew this was going to be the result. I was disappointed. Not that it lost, and I'm talking about La Bamba versus Bohemian Rhapsody with a 26% for La Bamba and a 74% for Bohemian Rhapsody. Just La Bamba was pretty good. Okay. Uh, I watched La Bamba when I was, I think, seven years old. Yeah. And I've never watched it again. Really? Yep. Wow. It's uh, sad, Austin. It just ends with the, the airplane. Right, well, that's how it ends. That's terrible. That's how Richie Valland ended. Whereas Bohemian Rhapsody has a tragic ending, but it has a feel-good wrap-up as well. Sure. And it's more light and fun, and I don't know. It's I. But the reason it won is because I would guarantee two reasons. Recency bias. Correct. And more people have seen it's, Bohemian it's Rhapsody. It's more fresh in people's minds yep. than La Bamba. However, I think the people that did not vote for La Bamba should go back and rent La Bamba and just give it a watch. There's so many great moments in that movie of uh, you know writing the song La Bamba and Richie Valens' history of how he became Richie Valens and the yeah. tragic ending to him. Yeah, it dives into his life. And oh, yeah. Fascinating guy. Everything. All right, so there you go. That's the movie's own movie showdown. All right, five new movies out this week. Plus two bonus movies. We'll get to that in a moment. But we're starting with, you're going to start. Cause Am I? No, I'll start. No, I can start. I don't care. I'll start. This is your you favorite. Start. This is Austin's favorite type of movies. Why are we doing this? Why is this franchise getting another 
uh, chapter. Because they keep because people keep going. Stop to them. going. <laughs> they keep going. The, the the movie houses aren't worried about. I'm sorry. The movie the, houses. The movie houses. Yeah, I'm going old school <laughs> there. See the talkies. See. See, there's my old school talking. The movie houses. <laughs> the uh, the production companies. We're going to the picture show. <laughs> the production companies just say let's. It's kind of like the record labels. We don't need a great album. Just give me one good song, and I can make my ten million on that. Mm. So we're talking about the rated R horror mystery thriller, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. What a stupid name. The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah, I know. This, that's honestly just, if you just said that, and I didn't know anything about this, I'd think that this was one of those spoofs. Would you really? Uh, uh, like a like a movie spoof. What do like they call scary it? Movie. Scary movies, yes. The, the Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. That sounds... Like a Saturday Night Live sketch, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> it so does. But Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. Yeah, ahead. I know. <laughs> All right. A chilling story of terror, murder, and unknown evil that shocked even experienced real-life paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. One of the most sensitive cases from their files. It starts oh, with a fight for the soul of a young boy. They all start with a young boy and fighting then, for his and life. Then Mother Mary Teresa. I need an old priest and a young priest. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It starts with the fight for the soul of a young boy, then then takes them beyond anything they'd ever seen before to mark Austin the first time in U.S. history that a murder suspect murder suspect would claim demonic possession as a defense as a defense available in IMAX, D-Box, motion seating, and Dolby ATMOS. How do you say Atmos. that? Atmos sound. Um, no. You gonna pass? <laughs> yeah. I thought you were gonna go to the early screening. <laughs> this is just so dumb. And why is it coming out? Now, the first week of June. What? Hold off on this garbage. You know my theory, and I've, I've explained this before about summer movies. They always release kind of the crappy ones first, and then they get better as it gets on. This might be one of those. Uh, well, let's move on. Yeah, because this one's so much different. <laughs> a PG animated adventure family film. Okay, maybe a little bit. Starring, honestly, I think she's one of the great actresses of her age, Isabella Merced. Oh, I thought you were going to say Julianne Moore. Uh, no. Oh. Uh, Isabella Merced, you know her from Instant Family and Dora. Dora, we talked about Dora earlier. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. Marcel Martin. Mm-hmm. Marseille Martin. Julianne Moore, Walton Goggins, Who? and Andre Brower. <laughs> After moving to a sleepy... Oh, it's called Spirit Untamed. After moving to a sleepy little town, young Lucky Prescott befriends a wild Mustang named Spirit who shares her rebellious spirit. When a heartless wrangler plans to capture Spirit and his herd... Lucky and her new friends embark on the adventure of a lifetime to rescue the horse that forever changed her life. Did you ever see Spirit, the movie, the no. animated about the horse? No, but I have a friend who worked on it. Do you really? Yes. My buddy uh, Eric Fesbet worked on this and this movie as well. Well, I we was are going say, to have him on. Are we going to? Yes, we Sweet. are. Sweet. I was going to say my wife and my daughter will love this movie, and I'm not sure I'll ever see it. But if we're going to have him on, i got to go see it. Well, you know what's funny is uh, I, I know the Spirit animation but when i just read the title i assumed this was another horror movie <laughs> spirit untamed it does it, you're right so which one of these is the spoof the conjuring the devil made me do it or spirit untamed i'll yeah. tell you what the spoof is is witnesses you don't do that <laughs> don't do that we're, we're friends with i'm the people just in the movie. kidding i'm having fun michael zucola was on our show last week he was. was paul uh, woolrich they were and, and, and truthfully this movie looks really good even if you are not of the religious type we talked to them about this this looks like a great movie where you can 
go and just be entertained. And not like I said, you don't have to be a religious type to see this movie. We're talking about the rated PG action, event, action adventure drama history Witnesses starring Michael Zucola, Caleb Spicoli, Spivak. <laughs> Spicoli. <laughs> Spicoli, and Lincoln Hope. Yep. For nearly 200 years, skeptics and critics have been trying to explain away what many Book of Mormon witnesses stated that they had seen angels take, getting golden plates from ancient people. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. I kind of, I kind of ad-libbed the end of that. Yeah, there's a lot of different words there. Yeah. Like inscriptions. Yeah, I don't like that word. Hefted. Those are big words for me, Austin. But I'm think, a musician. I think most of our market <laughs> knows the story, but now you get to see it on the big screen. You mentioned uh, there is the opening and closing of this movie are up there in suspense with anything I've seen recently. It's really, really well done. And, and honestly, when we were talking to them, I had this movie on. They, they sent us a screener, and I was watching it. It's filmed beautifully. It looks intense. That opening scene... You were you've said this many times, and we've we've interviewed him twice, mm. and you said it both times. It's intense. Yep, it grabs you. All right, Hero Mode, a rated PG comedy family film starring Sean Astin. Don't call me Austin. Mira Sorvino, Chris Carpenter, and yes, the grassroots Creed Bratton. The who band you might Creed know from the, the Office. The band Creed? No. Oh, Creed Bratton from the band. The oh, grassroots. okay, okay, I'm with you. Uh, a teenage coding genius has just 30 days to create the world's greatest video game or his family loses everything. No pressure. Hero mode, rated PG, comedy family. Uh, this will be a uh, ridiculous yet entertaining film. If it's longer than 90 minutes, it's a shame. But it's, yeah. uh, this sounds like a good... <clears throat> Tuesday afternoon, $5 Tuesday trip to Megaplex to have a few laughs and not really care that you, uh, if, if you got nothing else to do, go catch this on a lunchtime matinee, right. have a few laughs and forget you ever saw it. If you show up to see Spirit Untamed and realize it's not a scary movie, then uh, Hero Mode is a great choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I like what you did there. I like that. All right. All right. The final new release <laughs> this week, Johnny. Is, is Goalie, a rated R crime drama starring Charlie Plummer, Terrence Howard, Amber Heard, and John Corbett. Do you know who John Corbett is? Yeah, yeah. From uh, Major League. Yes. And also? L.A. Law. And also? Uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding and Sex in the City. He's in My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yes. Oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm getting. Nope, I was wrong. I'm thinking of Cor the Corbin. Uh, Corbin Benson. Oh, no, no, no. Nope, of. nope, nope, nope. Okay. This is John Corbett, who was in my uh, Long hair. My Big Plays Fat Greek Wedding. Yes, or yes. Saxophone or whatever. Yes. No, that that's Kenny G. <laughs> no, he's in <laughs> Big Fat Greek Wedding. He plays. All right. All right. No, Goalie. in Serendipity, he plays the. Just continue. Okay, sure. Whatever. <laughs> it's a rated crime or crime drama. He's the voice of the Applebee's commercial. <laughs> yes, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> Goalie, three teens living in L.A., all victims of extreme childhoods. Wreck, uh, what's that? Wreak a hedonistic riot. Wow. That's a, another big word, Larry, <laughs> to Sony. <laughs> <laughs> they wreak a riot across the city <laughs> over the course of 48 hours. Unbound by societal norms, they take us on a rip-roaring ride of drugs and murder across Los Angeles. Wow. That's a Tuesday in Los Angeles. 
It's just another afternoon. <laughs> Goodness gracious, there's a lot in that movie. But you know what? This sounds kind of fun. I'm really into the whole crime drama movies right Guns now. And murder? <laughs> that sounds kind of fun. Nice and light. 48 hours? Yeah, let's do it. I think it was a movie called that. Uh, yeah, you know what? I, this is probably going to be a really good movie. It is. I mean, with with the mayor of Easttown and uh, and True Detectives, that whole, I'm sucked into this whole crime thing right now, Austin. And Terrence Howard, I'll watch him in anything. He's a great actor. The whole cast is great. All right, so there you go. The five new movies this week. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah, that's really a movie and it's not a spoof. Right. Spirit Untamed. Sounds like a horror film. It's not. It's a family film about an animated horse. Which my friend works on. Witnesses. Uh, Johnny considers it a horror film. <laughs> I consider it important work. Uh, Hero Mode, the PG comedy family. Uh, just laughing and, and then forget you ever saw it. And the lighthearted goalie. And goalie, the, the, the family film. Uh, rated R crime drama. Now, there are two bonuses. We've yes. told you for weeks about the Fast Fridays at Megaplex. We're down to just a few short weeks left before... Fast and Furious 9 yeah. comes out. I forget what they're calling it. The next chapter 9. <laughs> but we're up to number 6 Look, this week. They, they they did not do a good job naming these movies. Even though they're fun movies, they should have come up with better names. It's hard to keep track of them. Fast and Furious 6 is the name of this. It's tough to know which one it is. <laughs> and uh, this is the, one they, the only one you're right, the only one they named. Correctly. Right. Fast and Furious 6. 6. You can go see it for free at Megaplex with your whole family while tickets last. And they're doing this every Friday until the release of Fast 9. Let's just call it that. Which is the end of June. So we're almost there. We are almost there. But really. Here it is, Austin. 40 years ago. Released on June 12th, 1981. Yeah. I can't believe it's 81. I was minus four and a half. Star Wars was four years old. When it came, when a New Hope. Out, yeah. Star Wars, yeah. A New Hope was four years old. Right. Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 40 years in advance of its uh, 40th anniversary. It is returning to select Megaplex locations for one week only. only Go only. see it in the theater. I don't think, no, no, I did not see this movie in the theater. I've only seen it on DVD, VHS, and digital. I'm going to go see this in the theater again. Same. Same. This is yeah. such a movie. When you look at, I mean, the opening scene might be in the top 10 opening scenes in movie history. It's so big, Starts Disneyland the, has a ride. <laughs> you're right. And the the boulder. Yeah. And the switching the bag of sand with the trophy. and oh. Tourists. Why'd they have to send tourists <laughs> from the ride? Sorry. So Raiders of the Lost Ark at Megaplex Theaters for one week only. So cool. Uh, and that being said, there were some good movies coming out this week, but I wanted to focus on Indiana Jones turning 40. Have you been on the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland? Oh, of course. And it's based on this movie, right? When that, yeah, Ride. when that first came out, it was a four-hour wait to go on that ride. We were there the summer it came out. I waited. Yes, yeah, so did we, and I, this is, I'm embarrassed to admit this, Johnny. Oh, no. The first time I opened my eyes on that ride, I was 19 years old. Wow. <laughs> 18 years old, excuse me. Well, you ready? You I ready? Had never, I'd been on it five times before that. I'd never opened my eyes. You ready for my, I, I can finally admit this on air. How we got into that ride. We didn't wait four hours. You went up the exit ramp? Nope. Oh. Nope. We did something better. Remember how they had zigzag lines, you know, it was yeah. all around the park basically the, to the, wait? The cheese maze, yeah. Well, my mom was genius. She waited for uh, to find like a break in the line where you could kind of step over and there was a spot to stand. She would say, people would go, hey, what are you doing? She goes, I'm sorry, my son's in line, just, just about 20 people back. I'm just getting in and waiting for him to come up. 
Then, as those people would go, she would stand there, and, and we would appear, and she'd go, Hey, Johnny, I've been waiting here. I've let all these people go in front of me. Where have you been? Let's get back in line. Wow. And we got in line. Wow. Hey, I was a kid. I was not part of this. I am not guilty. <laughs> I was just an innocent bystander that was doing what my mom told me to do. I, uh, I'm not passing judgment. I'm actually ashamed because I don't think I'd have the guts to do that. To, t- I, I to tell the story strange. or to do to do, no, it, do no, it? No, to do it in yeah. the first place. She did it on, uh, it's actually really easy to do on the Matterhorn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so in that in that realm, uh, Indiana Jones being uh, coming out for its 40th anniversary celebration. Yeah. Hop on Twitter. I'm at Austin Horton. Johnny is at Johnny Lightfoot1, at Zone Sports Net for the station. What is your favorite Harrison Ford mm. movie and role? There's so many. So many. Favorite Harrison Ford movie and role. Let us know. We'll get to your uh, responses coming up in segment two. We'll also give you the soundtrack of the week and still to come from the archives, literally. Yes, literally. literally. Tell you about it all as the movie zone rolls along next. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Johnny Lightfoot, Austin Horton. This is the Movie Zone, and this is John Williams. Is he the best composer oh. in Hollywood history? In my eyes, absolutely. Not Hans Zimmer. Not Danny Elfman. They both have done... James Horner. Look, for, for movies that really mean something to me... John Williams is the top. Those other are great, and they have done fabulous movies. But John Williams, to me personally, the movies he has scored mean so much. I don't think that uh, there's been a more synonymous, like like synergistic, what am I looking for? Synergetic uh, composer with the movies he's been assigned to than John Williams. So cool. You can't separate him his music from the movies. No. You hear his music, you're like, you, you're taking it's right part back of it. to that scene in that movie. It's amazing. He's an, he's a genius. He's, I used to listen to his soundtracks at a different job that I had. I just put it on headphones and work and just listen to all of his soundtracks. And even, they're so amazingly written pieces that even the Utah Symphony performs them for a total show, like the John Williams show. Well, and exactly. And... Uh, it's not only just like the professional symphonies that can, that sample and play his stuff. Junior highs, elementaries, high schools, yeah. colleges, every age group has a different version of John Williams songs that they learn their instruments on. I know. It's I insane. still remember learning uh, Leia's theme. Oh, did, did you play band. that? Yeah. Wow. I was a percussionist, so I like hit a cymbal once or twice. Well, but. I, I was in Air Supply with John Williams' son, Mark Towner Williams, who was our drummer. And he told me a story where he came home from school and his dad was sitting at the piano and he said, hey, Mark, what do you think of this? And he started going, da dun <laughs> just a low on the piano, da dun da dun da 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 And he says, what do you think of that? And Mark was just like, that's chilling. <laughs> it is. And it became the theme of Jaws. Without that music, have you ever watched Jaws without the music? Oh, yeah, it's comic. It's stupid. It's comedy. Yeah. Yep. So... 
He made that movie what it is. Well, John. So he's our soundtrack of the week. John Towner Williams was born February 8th, 1932, Austin. Wow. He is an American composer, conductor, pianist, and trombonist. He has had a career that has spanned nearly seven decades. He has composed some of the most popular, recognizable, and critically acclaimed film scores in cinematic history, as you just said. Williams has won 25 Grammy Awards, seven British Academy Film Awards, and five Academy Awards, and four Golden Globes. <laughs> With 52 Academy Award nominations, he is the second most nominated individual after Walt Disney. Oh, wow. I know. Some of his music that he has composed, as we have talked about already, Star Wars, the entire saga, all nine movies. Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Superman, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, Home Alone, all the Indiana Jones films, two Jurassic Parks, Gordon's favorite Christmas movie, Schindler's List, <laughs> and the first three Harry Potter movies. And that's just some of the movies he's done. Jeez. Unbelievable. All blockbusters. Did you mention Home Alone there? I did. Yeah. I did. You can hear, as you mentioned those movies, you can hear... The, the songs that are attached to You can hear movies. the themes, you know, and he... I, yeah, you know what? He, I think he is the greatest, Austin. Da, I really do. Da, 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 da. I, I really, really do. He has been associated with uh, director Steven Spielberg since 1979. 74, sorry. Since 1974, composing music but for all of five of Steven Spielberg's feature films and George Lucas, who, uh, of course, we all know what he did with him. Yeah, right. John Williams, a masterpiece. Incredible. And your friend's name again? Mark Towner Williams. His son, and was the drummer of Air Supply? Was the drummer for Air Supply. He is still? No, was. was. Okay. He was also the drummer for Tina Turner, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. He has a serious no resume. No. no. His brother, John Williams' other son, is the current singer of Toto. Really? Yeah. And he was the teenage singer in the animated Lion King. When Simba was a teenager doing the Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata? That's him. It, wow. Joe Williams. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah. So a family that doesn't really care for music. They have no musical talent <laughs> at all. They need to go back to school. They're historians, <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, well, that brings us to our poll question of the week. The 40th anniversary of a John Williams-attached piece, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It was released June 12, 1981. So in that vein, we asked you to hop on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot one at Zone Sports Net. What is your favorite Harrison Ford role and movie? Now, you'll notice I put role and movie yes. in the question. Because? I want both. Okay. It doesn't necessarily have... You might like a role in a movie, but not necessarily like that movie. You know what I'm saying? I do. Or like a movie, but not necessarily his role. 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 All right. Uh, but Jelly? <laughs> Bumbershoot <laughs> says his favorite role would have to be Indiana Jones, mm -hmm. but the movie is Blade Runner 2049. Not sure how that movie managed to slip under the radar. It deserves more love than it gets. He is absolutely right. The it's music. Ryan Gosling, right? Yes. The, the sequel, if you will. Yeah. Awesome music soundtrack. Unbelievable. It won an Oscar, the music did. Yes, it did, and well-deserved. Uh, Nancy says, okay, Hortfoot. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening. We need to start a Twitter. If you don't know what that's about, uh, you don't listen as much as Nancy does. Okay, Hortfoot, although I'm a lover of the Indiana Jones movies, I'd have to say my favorite Harrison Ford role is Han Solo in Star Wars, more specifically, The Empire Strikes Back. The greatest of all the Star Wars movies. And she has the meme, I love you, I know, in there. You know, I have towels that say that in my 
Like his and her towels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that's neat. <laughs> Larry to Sony Megaplex Theaters, the heartbeat of the movie zone. He says, you know me, I like to go for the deep cuts. So in that vein, I'll go with Hollywood Homicide. Wow. So funny. He and Josh Hartnett are both hilarious. I have not seen Hollywood Homicide. He is going deep. Roger says regarding Henry. I don't know if that means for a role or movie. You didn't play the rule by the rules, Roger, but thanks for playing anyway. Uh, Jordan didn't play by the rules either and just says Star Wars, but well, thanks for playing. Yeah, I mean, come on. That's probably his most iconic role. And movie. Yeah. Uh, another guy that played for half the rules, Robert, says Indy. <laughs> the Indianapolis 500? No. We named the dog Indy. <laughs> Which, stay tuned for From the Archives. Speaking of that line. Oh, yeah. Jessica, uh, who, by the way, I saw is having a bit of a rough time right now in life, oh. going through a little bit of heartache and... She's always been a good support of us here at the movies. Well, best so wishes, Jessica. Send her our best wishes as well. Hang in there. Uh, her favorite Harrison Ford role is Indiana Jones, mm -hmm. but her favorite Harrison Ford movie is Six Days, Seven Nights. Uh, what's the woman's name in that? The actress? Uh, she's crazy. <laughs> she, uh, what is her name? Uh, she's also in John Q. Oh, not Tilda Swenson. Nope, 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 uh, nope, nope, nope. Oh, my gosh. It's what? Anne Hesh, dude. Anne Hesh. Yeah, thank <laughs> I you, was thank letting you, you struggle. Thank you. Lance says, favorite role is Jack Ryan. Favorite movie is Clear and Present Danger, Jack Ryan. Yeah. He was good as a Jack Ryan. I'm sorry, Mr. President. I don't dance. Right. Uh, Vaughn says, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark beats ESB Han Solo Empire Strikes Back by a handful of sand. Nice. Nice. Like good, good pull there. Uh, Han Solo's classic, says Nick Riley. Dr. Richard Kimball in The Fugitive. Yes. And Indiana Jones are on the same level for me uh, when it comes to movies. Jay says, role is Henry Turner in Regarding Henry. And favorite Harrison Ford movie is The Fugitive. Jay, thank you for playing by the rules. Matt, also thank you for playing by the rules. Favorite role, Indiana Jones. Favorite movie, The Fugitive. Mm -hmm. Favorite role, Blade Runner. Favorite movie, Patriot Games for our guy, Dan. Who, P.S., also going through a bit of a tough mm. time. So we're all family here on the movie We are. We're, we got your back. But uh, Johnny responds with, how dare you, sir? Not this Johnny. Johnny no, Benson. That other Johnny. Same character, different movie, because he also replied uh, in the same vein uh, with Blade Runner and Patriot Games. And then finally, Brett McCormick says his favorite Harrison Ford role is Richard Kimball. The Fugitive is his favorite Harrison Ford he was, movie. He was great as The Fugitive. He really was. I cannot believe, and I get U.S. Marshals was kind of a sequel to that. Yeah, but without but it didn't Harrison, Richard Kimball. No, no, I cannot believe that they didn't keep that going. No, they just focused on uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character and what he does. And I liked U.S. Marshals. Uh, uh, Robert Downey. That was the first time I ever saw Robert Downey in a movie. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Your favorite Harrison Ford roles and movies. If you missed it, you can still uh, get us on Twitter at Austin Horton. At Johnny Lightfoot One, we'd love to hear from you all weekend long. Did you ever see, uh, and this is going to be very similar to one of our movies coming out this week, but the movie with Harrison Ford called Witness. Witness? Witness. Not no. Witnesses. Mm -mm. Witness. He is a cop, and he has to go and investigate a murder on Amish land and go through the whole... A, a little boy witnessed the murder, right? Oh my gosh, that would be a and tough And they, they bring him in, and he has to basically... Join them and uh, kind of live the life to help solve the mystery. It's an older movie. It kind of flew under the radar a little bit, but I love that movie. He's so good in it. 
what's it called? Witness? Witness. Did you ever see his movie Firewall? No. Tell me about it. Uh, Paul Bettany, uh, Virginia Madsen, Harrison Ford. Uh, he, Harrison Ford plays a computer cybersecurity genius. Okay. Whose job it is to help protect big corporations from cyber hacking. Uh, and he comes home one day to find that his family has been kidnapped inside their home. They're being held hostage and they want him to steal millions of hundreds of millions of dollars from his company, give it to them and they'll let his family go. Wow. Uh, he's, it was the one where he jumps on everyone's back. He got made fun of in, on talk shows, <laughs> but I really liked the movie. I have not Firewall. seen this. So it sounds interesting. I, I would like this type of movie. Yeah. Check it out. All right, uh, there you go. And what about Sabrina? Did you ever see Sabrina? I did see Sabrina. I like Sabrina. You did? You didn't? Um, Not Sabrina the Teenage Witch. No, 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 no. Sabrina the rom-com, not even a rom-com. I don't know why. I just see him, in a, I see him in a tux and her in a red dress on that's, the front, right? That's what it is, yeah. yeah. All right, coming up next, we'll go from the archives. We'll go into the archives. We'll shorten it to arc. Snakes. <laughs> it had to be snakes. Had to be snakes. Grab your bull whips, your hats, and your leather jackets. We're heading to the 1930s. I know. Late 1930s. With Shia LaBeouf. No. No? Mm-mm. Oh, no. No. Isn't he him? Involved. Isn't no? no? No. Oh. Coming up next from the archives right here on the Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Final segment this week here on The Movie Zone. I'm Austin. He's Johnny. Yeah, soundtrack of the week. You know it. You know it. got to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark because it's the 40th anniversary here in a couple weeks. You see it at Megaplex Theaters for one week. If you missed the theater experience, I wasn't even born. Nope, you were not. I I don't think I saw this in the theater either. You would have been still kind of young to see it. I saw Star Wars in the theater, which came out uh, about four years before this, but I did not see this in the theater. Well, because of all that, we decided that from the archives this week, we would talk about known, unknown, and little-known facts about Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. Johnny, I've got a few audio clues I'm going to play for you in a little okay, bit. Okay, sure. In a minute. I'm excited. But why don't you hit me with a few, uh, a sure. few factoids, and then, I'll, then we'll trade off. 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark, directed by Steven Spielberg. Ooh. Written Steven Spielberg. <laughs> you know him. Heard of him. He, uh, written by George Lucas, Lawrence Kasdan, and Philip Kaufman. Now, do those first two names sound a little familiar? Philip Kaufman? Nope. Lawrence <laughs> Kasdan and George Lucas? Lawrence Kasdan doesn't. He helped write Empire Strikes Back oh, okay. with George Lucas. Well, he should have helped more because I've never heard of him. R- really? George Lucas just it's, stole It's it funny how, yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> right. You don't hear of him, but he was one of the main writers. Yeah. Uh, starring, of course, Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, Paul Friedman, Ronald Lacey, and John Ryas Davies. John Reese Davies. Is that how you say it? Yeah, it's Reese. He's... He's phenomenal. It should be spelled like Reese should be and spelled. You know, he's then. like seven feet tall. I know. And he was in uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he played Gimli. Yes, he did. Yep. Awesome work there. Music, of course, by John Williams. Rated PG with a runtime of 115 minutes. Austin, a budget of $18 million. That was it? That's it. Worldwide gross, 
$389.9 million. Unbelievable. This was 1981's biggest grossing film by a huge margin. That's not even, yeah. Hello. No, no one came close to that back then. And this pretty much is the highest rating we've had so far. Rotten Tomatoes, critics, 95 Fans, 96%. <laughs> it's almost the perfect movie. It's nearly there. Yeah, I, I love... This is my second favorite Indiana Jones. Your second? Which one's your first? Uh, Lost Crusade. Last Crusade? Last, yeah. What yeah. did I say? Lost? Yeah, you said Lost. Last Crusade. I thought this not- is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. Last Crusade is my favorite. Well, George Lucas first dreamed up the idea of an adventurous archaeologist about the same time he came up with the idea for the Flash Gordon-type space story that became Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope in 1977. And despite having the dream team of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg behind the film, it was initially turned down by every studio in Hollywood. Mistake. Why? I don't know. Only after much persuasion... Did Paramount finally agree to do it? Wow. Unbelievable. It's kind of like all those uh, record labels that turned down the Beatles or turned down Kiss. You four guys. Or Queen. Yeah all, yeah, all of the above. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of that same story. And also, this is the only Indiana Jones film to be nominated for Best Picture and an Oscar. Hmm. It didn't win, but. Didn't nominated. win. Yeah. Uh, so I found out something this week when we were researching this movie. Yeah. You know who was originally supposed to be Indiana Jones? Who's that? Tom Selleck. I can kind of see it. And they were set to go, and then CBS heard about it, and he was doing a little show at the time called Magnum P.I. Yep. And they said, nah, and they blocked him in his contract from doing Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ma- Magnum P.I. blocked him from good from doing that movie. Yes, yep. Thank you. <laughs> and so then uh, 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 Spielberg said to Lucas, well, let's get, let's get Harrison. And George Lucas was like, I don't want it. I just had this movie that I was sure was going to flop. He was so sure, by the way, that he had flown to Hawaii the weekend that New Hope opened to get away from it all. Which he traditionally does. And then he saw, ran into Spielberg. That's where they launched the idea for Indiana Jones. But anyway, he said to Spielberg, I don't want to, I just had uh, Harrison play Han, and Spielberg said, it'll be fine. And he was right. Spielberg was right. He was right. I have to be honest, when I first heard about this movie, I thought, Han Solo in another major role? It's a little too soon. (laughs) Because well, the next year, 82, 82 is when uh, Empire came out. Yeah. I mean, you know, a year later, and it's kind of like, he's doing both of these major roles at the same time. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Austin, speaking of Star Wars, if you freeze frame during the Well of Souls scene, you can notice- Where the snakes are? Yes. Yeah. You can notice a golden pillar with a tiny engraving- of R2-D2 and C-3PO. No way. There are also They are also on the wall be- behind Indy in the first- uh, when they first approach the Ark. Wow. They threw those little, uh, what we now refer to as Easter eggs in there. Wow, I had no idea. And, of course, the Well of Souls scenes required 7,000 snakes. The only venomous snakes were cobras, but one crew member was bitten on the set by a python. Luckily, well, I should probably tell this story. I should probably tell this story since we're here. They then, bit a, a member of the set? So while filming, yes, while filming the snake scene inside the Well of Souls, a python bit first assistant director David Tomlin's hand and would not let go. Tomlin, I don't know how he did this, calmly asked someone to grab the snake while still attached to his hand. 
by the tail and whip it so that the snap would send a wave up whip the it good so that All the right. <laughs> so that the snap would send a wave up the snake's body and force it to let go a stagehand just that did just that the python released its bite from his hand and tomlin got medical attention however good news the python was not injured that's the good news that's the good news did did tomlin make it I believe he did. Well, it's not the python wasn't poisonous. Okay, all right. Just a cobra. Craziness. Uh, yeah, I was reading about the the snake scenes as well, and apparently they started with two thousand snakes, and Spielberg said that's not enough. <laughs> we need more and snakes. They said, well, we'll we'll create them with uh, you know digital rep- replication. He said, nope, no, not back then. And he sent them all. They sent they sent they were in Europe at the time in London, and they went to every surrounding pet store in Europe. And, and got, got all the snakes they could, and it added up to seven between seven, seven, seven and ten thousand. Well, just so you know, the remainder that were not snakes to hit that super high number, they actually used legless lizards. Oh, really? And if you look, you can look for the ear holes, <laughs> which snakes don't have. Oh my gosh! Now that you've mentioned that, I swear there's one that slithers right in front of the camera yes. with an ear hole. Yes, that is a legless lizard. Oh, craziness. Uh, all right. Uh, what else you got? Because so, I, I want to play these audio cues for you, too. Okay. This is kind of a cut scene that didn't happen and would explain a very interesting way Indiana Jones was dressed in the movie. When Brody, you remember his friend from the museum? Yeah. When Brody first goes to Indy's house to discuss the mission, Indiana Jones is dressed the way he is because he is entertaining a woman in his bedroom. The script originally planned to show her before moving to the next scene to give Indy a more worldly persona. Think James Bond. Right. Yeah. However, her appearance was cut as Steven Spielberg thought that being a quote-unquote playboy-type character did not fit Indy's character. I would agree with that. Well, except Lucas wrote it in a way that he was he was spinning off of sure. James Bond. Yes, so. but he didn't want that persona with him. Yeah. And you think about it, because it wouldn't have made sense because the whole love story with, with Marion. With Marion. Uh, well, it... Can I play these audio cues for you? Yeah. I'm itching to do this. Yes, do it. So here's my contribution to From the Archives. There, this is a classic example of a Foley artist. Do you know who Brett Burt is? Yes. He's one of the most famous, celebrated uh, Foley artists who records all these sounds for what you see in the movie. Have you ever been in a Foley studio? I have. Wow. It's my dream job. It's unbelievable what they have. Like if you're walking and you need to walk on sand, they just like open this little door and you go in this room that's covered in sand or rocks or whatever you need and mic it up. It's unbelievably cool. So he recorded all the sounds in all of the Indiana Jones, but especially as we're talking about, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I wanted to play some of these sounds for you. Let's start with the snakes. Okay. Now, what do you think that sound was made with? I have no... I mean, it sounds like snakes. Is it not snakes? It's not. It's a dish of casserole noodles with one hand. He's scraping casserole noodles. And with the other hand, he's got a wet sponge dragging it across no. the, the grip deck of a skateboard. That's uh, how do, who <laughs> thinks of this? You know what sounds like snakes? <laughs> Next one, the sound of the Ark and the Covenant being opened. Okay. Now you know what that is. I do know what this is. Let's play it one more time. Uh, pay attention to the creaking sound. Okay, tell the people what that was made with. That was made with the back of a toilet. <laughs> The Moving the lid the around on the on the on the tank. Now that you know that's what it was, let's hear it one more time. All right, now you can you can hear it, right? Uh, and then the punching sounds. 
Yeah, you can hear this here. It's they're hitting a stack of leather. Yeah, with a, like a, a baseball ba- bat. Baseball bat. Yeah. And then finally, this is the sound of the ghosts when they open the Ark in the Covenant. Any idea what made those sounds? I have no clue. They went to the zoo and recorded seals and dolphins. Wait, what? And then put those noises through a voice encoder. Hold on, play play that one more time. Okay. Yeah, you can hear dolphins in there. I can. Now that you point that out, you can hear. It sounds like whistles. It does. But you can hear it. (laughs) Yep. Wow. All right, uh, there you go. That's my contribution for From the Archives. That's so cool. You know, and Lucas, I hope I didn't ruin that. I thought that was cool, though. I think it's cool, too. Yeah. Well, you know, like, Lucas, the, some of the sounds that they used for lasers in Star Wars were, like, hitting, like, metal wires on telephone poles. Yeah. Like, how grounded and weird stuff like that. So, you I mean. You throwing a rock at a, a, at a water tank? Oh, yeah. It makes that pew yes. sound. Yeah. yeah, pew, yeah. pew, pew, yeah. pew. Well, we're out of time, friend. We are. We'll be back for a Jazz Playoff Overtime, though, so stay tuned. See how that goes. Yes, sir. But uh, that's it for this week's edition of The Movie Zone. Coming up next week, surprises. More surprises? We are going to have blockbuster after blockbuster after blockbuster going forward. We've made it. Looks like we made it Barry Manilow style. Oh, boy. Looks like we made it. Uh Uh-huh. Helped each other on the way. We got to see if we can get my friend who helped on Spirit. Maybe we'll try to get him in the next couple weeks. Yeah, that'd be fun. Talk about uh, how you make an animated movie. Fun stuff. For Johnny Lightfoot there, I'm Austin Horton here. We'll be back next week on The Movie Zone.